Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we'll be reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are into action, and we are on page 76, first paragraph. If we can answer to our satisfaction and ending with, we ask God to help us be willing. One paragraph only. Today's readers are reading the text, Rachel P., page 164, Vanessa G., and Margaret D. is our backup reader. The newcomer greeter is Anne Marie M., and the host for the second hour will be Roz G. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, 7 a.m. meeting, April 18th, 2023, is 20,170. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,171. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Victoria L. to read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, good morning. I'm Victoria L., and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs, 
Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Victoria. And now I will ask Annette M. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Hi, this is Annette M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement uh, for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside property, outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeater Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeater Anonymous. Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be brought into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Annette M. And today's share ID for Wednesday, April 19th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,177. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, on into action, and we are on page 76, the first paragraph. If we can answer to our satisfaction and ending, we ask God to help us to be willing, one paragraph only. I will now ask Rachel P. to begin reading. Good morning, this is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. 
If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to have God remove from, from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. So, um, you know, this is our one paragraph on step six, right? We, have, we read pages and pages on step one and a whole chapter on step two and a, a good bulk of the chapter on step three, as well as step four, um, you know, and then we moved into step five and into action. And, and here we have one single paragraph on step six. And then, you know, after this paragraph, one single paragraph on step seven. Um, however, you know, these steps are so vital, step six and seven. I'm going to try not to get ahead of myself, talk about step seven. I'm going to keep the step six as, as much as I can. You know, but I'm just reflecting that step six is just such an important precursor to step seven, just as step two is such an important precursor to step three, right? It's about this willingness, um, you know, and this paragraph describes that, um, you know, that this sense of willingness is is so important. You know, I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to be 100% certain um, of what's going to happen. In fact, I shouldn't be. Um, I just have to have kind of this shred of willingness in order to move forward, and that's enough. Um, you know, and in steps, in working our steps four and five, I'll speak for myself, in working steps four and five, you know, I, I began to see my defects of character. I began to see the patterns that came up. Um, I, I like to, um, rather than defects of character, I like to, to think about it in, in a sense of like coping mechanisms, right? And and in reviewing my step four and doing my step five with, with a sponsor, I, I, I am seeing these patterns, right? So for me, these, these coping mechanisms or defects of character are... Um, you know, some examples include perfectionism, procrastination, um, you know, in, in my most recent fourth and fifth steps, it was uh, one big pattern that came up was wanting everyone to do what I want them to do. So control. Um, I'm thinking that I know best. And one of my biggest, you know, defects of character is validation seeking, right? needing other people to tell me I'm okay in order to be okay. Um, as well as, you know, self-hatred and self-criticism and self-pity. And, you know, just like with the food, these, these defects of character, these ways of thinking and behaving, um, you know, I, I wanted to hold on to them, you know, like, like for those Lord of the Rings fans, like Gollum with his ring, right? These are my precious. I, I don't want to, um, you know, release these. I didn't want to release these because, who would I be without them? And these were the things that made up me and that took up so much space in my head and that, 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 you know, influenced, you know, how I saw the world, you know? Time. Um, thank you. And step six is about being willing to let those things go and give them up to God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vanessa. I mean, Rachel. <laughs> okay. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experiences too. 
Who would like to share? Nicole R. California. Pamela, Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Pamela P. Rachel R. Ross M. Ross M. Nicole. Leia. Leia. Reva P. Reva P. Jessica S. from Ohio. Sigrid F. S. Jessica S. I think I got that. Okay. So we're going to stop there. I have Nicole R., Pamela P., Rachel P. So go ahead, Nicole. Nicole R. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. Um, thanks for your service. I'm Nicole R., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in California. So um, I think, you know, first of all, it says um, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. But the step says... Um, being entirely ready. It doesn't say willingness. In step eight, it says willingness. So um, willingness is a part of being ready, but it doesn't just mean like um, being willing because ready is willingness and action, being action ready. Um, and this chapter is about being into action. Um, but being ready is like, what would you do to get ready for anything you plan? So, um, you know, are you ready to um, you know, give this presentation. Yeah, because I planned. I did prep work. So what does the plan look like? What am I going to do when this defect comes up? Okay, I'll practice this, this spiritual principle. Um, that's having, you know, that's being ready. Um, so, yeah, I'm really grateful to have taken this step. And um, step seven is even better. Um, so thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Nicole. Our next we have Pamela P. followed by Rachel P. Um, hello, this is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. God bless you all. So yeah, um, yeah. To to me, it an action type of program that it's easy to say you're gonna do something, but you need to do it. And um, so I this the best recovery I had since 2021. Um, it just started like April the 10th. And I had to decide to let go the toxic out of my life, whether it's food or behavior around me. So um, I removed it. And then last night, I don't know what happened. I went to a CBS store and it, I was seeing something like crunchy something. And I was, you know, I wanted it, it won't sell. And now my stomach hurting. Um, and I nip on it. So that will a slip. I threw the rest away. But that how scary the disease is, even though I did all the prep work, going to meetings, working with my sponsor, working the step every day, you could still mess up. So it's very important just to do it because without doing it all, you will mess up. It's a guarantee. So I'm really trying my best, um, and I got to put boundary with, you know, with anything that triggered me so I could eat. 
And so just for today, I'm really going to put, you know, more boundary and also try not to touch my trigger food or anything that might trigger me to trigger to eat. So it's just a lot of preparation going to meeting, praying, uh, talking to God, talking to program people, working the steps. So I think I am step 10 now with my sponsor. We just finished a step a month and a half ago. We be doing it again. And I'm I just praying because now the trigger food is not comforting no more. It just make it just made them miserable, and so that a good thing. Because before, it used to be comforting. So I'm, I've been doing the steps I need to do to get that strong recovery back, and never permanent. So I got to do the same thing every day. And I thank God for the powerful medium and the wisdom of the people in the program. So pray for me. I pray for you all. And don't give up before that amazing miracle happens. And for that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela P. Next, we have Rachel P. followed by Russ M. Go ahead, Rachel. Rachel P. Could it could it have been Rachel K? That probably is it. Thank you. Okay. Hi. Thank you. Um, hi, this is Rachel Kay, compulsive overeater from Indiana. And step six, wow, it's like little paragraph, big deal. Um, and, um, you know, I do well with concrete instructions, you know, do this, write this, read this. And, um, you know, what do I do with became, <laughs> you know, became willing, like, okay, one, two, three, become. I, I don't know what to do with that. And for me, the way I think of, so I have to put it into concrete terms. So for me, step six is all about contrary action. I have to take, you know, until God changes my heart, because I don't, you know, get rid of the character defects. God does. But I have to, I have to, be willing, and again, there's a non-action word, but I have to take contrary action so that God can come in and change my heart. Um, so there was an old, for those of you who are old enough or watch reruns to watch Seinfeld, there was an episode where George did the opposite of every natural inclination he ever had, and his life turned out much better. And that's kind of what I have to do. You know, if I don't feel like doing something, go ahead and do it, you know, until God changes my heart and, and makes me willing, you know, so that I don't want to do that anymore. Uh, I've heard it described, you know, when you sort of relate it to the food, I can't say, you know, God, please help me to stop eating these potato chips while my hand is like actually in the bag. So I have to be willing to take my hand out of the bag, you know, for God to remove that compulsion. Well, just like with, you know, the character defects, I can't say, you know, God, please help me, you know, not to retaliate against my mom when she sends me such and such text or whatever it is, while my thumb is on my phone keyboard, you know, I have to be willing to take the contrary action. So then in step seven, 
God can, you know, remove that character defect. And for me, it's, it's an ongoing process. It is definitely not a one and done. So that's why I'm thankful for step 10, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So anyway, thanks for letting me share and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Rachel Kay. Next we have Russ M, Leah S, and Reba P. Go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Russ M, Recover Compulsive Overeater from Norristown, PA. Uh, this this uh, passage and this step strikes a chord with me because although I'm out of the food, I'm living a decent life, great life, um, you know, I still battle lust. I still have rage. I still have malice. I still, uh, I'm still irritable. I'm still, uh, means hard-headed. You know, and I know we're not at seven, yet when six comes up, when we read them, I'm like, why aren't these gone, man? Like, I really, truly, in my heart, I'm making an effort. You know, I, I, I want, I, I want them removed. So I guess I'm willing, but I got to wait. I got to wait till God, God removes me. He said he will. He promises he will. It's just, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. But, uh, you know, I, I, I often think of guys that have been clean for and people, individuals who have been clean for many years, 20, 30 years, that end up taking their life or relapsing. You know, could it be that these things aren't removed in, in the time they wanted them done? Or we couldn't manage them? Or am I not living, I'm saying me in particular, am I not living the 12 steps the proper way? Am I, am I skimping? Am I missing something that these things are not removed that I have to deal with these? Or am I just a human being and uh, maybe like eight or ten minutes after I'm dead, they'll all be removed and I'll be perfect. So I, I, I battle it. I just battle it. And um, I don't know. I, I just got to buckle up and just trust God and stay in the pro, pro, program. And these the twelve steps and help help a couple people. So, thanks for letting me vent. It just came up. So, thank you. Thank you, Russ. And next we have Leah S. Followed by Reva P. And Jessica S. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., recovered and grateful in Brooklyn, New York. So this is willingness. This is really an action. It's an action in my mind because, um, like, one of my character defects um, was uh, procrastination. And another uh, my character defects was uh, cluttering. And um, how do I just all of a sudden change this is all about change. How do I just all of a sudden not like those those um, ice creams or, or 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 chocolates? What what happens? What 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 do I do about this? This is an action, and um, so so I got you know step four is such an important step because it makes me um, really honestly answer my questions. What are you really afraid of? Procrastination puts you into a comfortable position. You don't have to answer. You don't have to, you know, you comfortably allow uh, stuff to just pass you by and then you don't live up to it. But what if you really, really want it and, 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 and you can do something 
to for that to make it for that to happen just like i really really wanted this abstinence and if for that to make for that to happen i needed to buy those vegetables and truthfully i really liked those vegetables in my in my salad you know and 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 what was doing what was i doing over here ah maybe tomorrow maybe tomorrow but it it really put me on my feet and it also you know it it's not it's not a it's just like i heard one and done you know just because you overcame it today i need to practice this every single day and um and just keep praying and it leads me right into step 7 which is um it they all intertwine and um, when I do them consistently and honestly, I just know that sincerity has brought me a long way. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much, Leah S. Next, we have Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, when I first read this step, did this step, I thought, hey, this is easy. Hey, I just, you know, I listed all these resentments, fears, harmful behaviors to others. Sure, God, take it away. Um, And, you know, the longer I'm around, I think step six for me, especially now in certain areas, is one of the hardest steps. This is like my pivot point. This is like where the rubber meets meets the road. Um, Like, am I really really ready. Um, And sometimes I think I am, but I'm not so much because I keep doing it over and over. Um, So I think what I've become aware of is sometimes, you know, I have to look at whether there's some kind of a payoff and benefit. And until the pain of the defect, just like with the food, until that pain of feeling so icky when I indulge in a defect becomes bigger then whatever the payoff is, and the payoff, like somebody mentioned, can just be this resistance to change. Um, You know, it's not so easy for me to change. Um, I don't like it. It's super uncomfortable. Until that pain gets bigger, sometimes I'm not so ready, willing, like I think I might be. Um, So it has to get super objectionable down in my gut and my heart, really, just like the food Um, And sometimes, you know, like I think the AA 12 and 12 does a great job with step six. Um, You know, sometimes the defect doesn't just go like from zero, like it's just like, like, like from 100 to zero. Sometimes it reduces in intensity, frequency, duration, just like the food cravings. Um, And, um, and I think a lot of the time I expect me to feel ready, to think I'm ready. And uh, with everything else in program, It seems like it's sometimes better to act my way into the right thinking or feeling. So it's just like people have shared, you know, start behaving the opposite, Um, which is really just like, you know, I can't wait for God to swoop the binge food out of my hand and I can't wait for step seven. Um, So I have to start practicing the opposite and it is really hard. Um, So sometimes I also need to acknowledge, you know what, God, maybe I'm not so ready please make me ready, which is like that willingness thing. But willingness is like being willing to do the thing that's super uncomfortable, Um, but it's right and it it feels right. Um, But yeah, step six, as I'm doing more and more step tens, I realize it's not as easy as I thought it was way back when, but God does, 
I, really, the disease, the, the defects get me willing. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Reva P. Next, we have Jessica S. Yes, hi, good morning. I'm Jessica S. from Ohio, um, a grateful compulsive overeater. I just recently um, took a look at step six and seven, and I just realized one of the things that um, helped me out was like, I think what the earlier speaker just said, what is the payoff? To a, uh, I mean, what, what is the payoff or what is the benefit of having these character defects? I did not realize until I did a worksheet that I was, um, that I guess my character defects are actually a good thing. And then some of them had just outlived their usefulness, like, you know, like procrastination. I don't have to face, um, face the action that. I don't want to take, I can delay it, you know, but then when I become a chronic procrastinator, it's like these things are no longer useful to me and they're actually painful to me because it's like now I'm dealing with the pains of people, which is also another care to defects of people unpleasant reacting to me. Like um, my family, you know, I don't want to do the mundane laundry, you know, I don't want to do that. But what I find out is if I practice the opposite of the care to defect, which is actually taking action, I don't have to, um, I, I don't have to face the consequences. So I guess essentially what I'm saying is step six is basically to me initially when I first took step six, I was like, yeah, I'll take step because I'm ready to let go of procrastin procrastinating because I, 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 because I found that I was actually ready to let go of the consequences. I did not want to deal with the fallout of uh, procrastinating. And also, I found out that even though step six is only mentioned once, and um, basically once um, in the entire book, I found out that step six is actually mentioned many times in step uh, I'm sorry, in the big book, including uh, one definite um, page, which is page 27, when Carl Young, when Carl Young was talking to Roland Hazard um, about the vital changes, if you if you read that paragraph, on I believe it starts with uh, yes, replied the doctor. There is a there is uh, expectation uh, to cases such as these that have been occurring uh, since early. Time here and there, uh, once in a while, alcoholics um, have had what are called uh, vital spiritual experience, and you can read the pages yourself and you continue them. You can see that he mentioned change, he mentioned uh, different terms of change. So, and I, I also, and it kind of ties back in that when the um, when the big book is um, wants us to know. I'll wrap up with wants uh, to uh, know something. It's basically spiraled information. It basically teaches us many times. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jessica S. And who else would like to share on page 76, the first paragraph? Nancy P. 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 Nancy
Hi, good morning, Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for letting me share. So step six says we're entirely ready. So it tells me, if I'm not ready, ask until I am. And maybe I'm not willing. Nancy P. is never willing because willingness never got me anywhere. And my attitude was, you know, so they're they're saying, well, if you're not ready, you're ready. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this stuff. You know, like, boogeyman stuff. I don't know. And one of the reasons I was never ready to give up my defects of character is because I was convinced, no matter how miserable I was, that what I had wasn't, you know, what I was going to get isn't as good as what I've got. Even though I was sobbing and crying half the time, screaming and yelling the other half, and I have a third half of just being miserable by myself. And, um, you know, that's exactly not what happened to me. And it never occurred to me that what's in store is way better than anything I already have or anything I could imagine, anything I could, you know, anything I could fantasize about or imagine or anything. And I could never pretend. It was impossible for me to act as if. That's one of my four terrible horsemen, act as if, fake it till you make it, borrow mine and use the group. So I could never pretend, and that was always an abject failure. Nancy P. pretending is... (laughs) Something to see. My acting ability is about as skillful as a four-year-old trying to bargain for an extra half hour of TV time. And what I could do, though, was to shut up and keep swimming. And, you know, I just did what was the next right thing. My sponsor told me to do this. I did it immediately and as hard as I could. I stayed on the phone. I didn't do this in a vacuum. I did all of this work while I was bathed in fellowship. And um, I didn't tell people, oh, I don't know if I can give this up. I don't know if I'm ready. I just talked to other people, not about myself, and listened to what they were going through. And what happened was, you know, I found a a rock to stand on. And um, I immersed myself in all of the what I call mechanical things that I was told to do. Um, Not leaving myself to my own devices ever, 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 ever was the key. I stayed on the phone with other people. I went to zillions of meetings. I did everything. And And I found out that, you know, I could do one thing and then I could do two things. And and if I fail, I I love, I heard this on some radio thing or or, um, read it in an article somewhere, the 20 bucks in 20 minutes theory. Like if you forget something, if you can replace it in 20 minutes for 20 bucks, don't worry about it. And that's sort of what I have found is that not so much 20 minutes and 20 bucks, but if I fail... I'm never not going to have another chance. I'm never not going to do that. It's always going to come back to me. And so, you know, this whole thing, I don't know, Nancy P., you know, it's not, you know, I sort of trip all over myself saying, you know, I'm not sure if I want to be happy, joyous, and free. I'd much rather be miserable and small-minded and selfish and and angry. Um, But with practice, I can do it all. 
because I don't do it alone. And um, just to make sure everybody knows it's me, it all starts with one thing. Say it with me. Surrender, 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 and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Next we have Freya H., followed by Cece from New Mexico. Hi, good morning. This is Freya H., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Bulimic Restrictor in Colorado. Thanks for hearing me. Um, the the key that I think that really jumps out of this paragraph is the word objectionable. You know, that's really the question. When I've done steps four and five, do I find, you know, what I've uncovered objectionable? And if I do, and, and the, the definition of objectionable, arousing distaste or disgust, like imagining like, ugh, seeing something rotten, how I would, you know, I would be repulsed by it. When I see, you know, the selfishness and the fears and the dishonesty that's been driving me, do I find that objectionable? Do I want to keep living that way? And for me, it was, you know, I just, I wanted to run the show so that everyone could, you know, live happily ever after and it wasn't working. So do I find that objectionable that I continue to do behaviors that are simply not working? And um, and there's really no, for me, there's no self-effort in step six. It's, I've looked at, you know, my inventory. I've shared it with someone else. I'm seeing it from a new perspective. Do I find it objectionable? Yeah. And um, and am I willing to have God take it? You know, just that simple. And that maybe there are some things on my inventory that I actually don't find objectionable. Maybe I still feel justified. Like, yeah, they, they need me to tell them what to do because it really does help them. Something along those lines is the stuff for me that's harder to let go. And it doesn't say, you know, if you don't find it objectionable, then you should obsess about it and, you know, rant and rave and beat yourself up. It's, it simply says, we just ask God to help us be willing. So there's the same way that I can't, you know, self-effort or self-will myself to surrender. I can't self-effort or self-will myself to be willing. So this is a, this is a process of going through the steps and seeing what's there. And it's, it's like this natural, natural process that I get to let God guide me through and really let it happen rather than, oh, I have to make this happen. And there's such a great parallel with the food as well. You know, in the beginning, man, I loved, I did not find my uh, compulsive foods and behaviors objectionable. I thought they were really delightful. And then they reached the point where, ooh, they, they became objectionable. And today living in a state of abstinence, I do find, you know, I am not attracted to the kind of eating that used to attract me. But it, it certainly took time, and um, it's always helpful for me to see those parallels, you know, with, with the food. You know, if I can be freed from the food, then maybe God can also free me from my character defects, which obviously I cannot do on my own power. So thanks for the opportunity to share. I will pass. Thank you, Freya H. Next, we have Cece from New Mexico. Please let me know what your initial of your last name is and secret F. Hi, everyone. This is CCE from New Mexico. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, sometimes I think that I have these fatal character flaws, like in a Greek tragedy that forces me as a hero to be cursed for thousands of years. But that's not <laughs> what the program asks us or 
or helps us to, to think about. You know, my very first sponsor told me that if I want to get something, I have to give something up. Because when I got to step six, I was like, oh, my God, if I, if I give up all these character defects, then I'm, I become nothing or I become empty, and, and, I, and I can't do that. I got into a little bit of a panic. But she did tell me that, you know, again, if I want to get something, I have to give something up. And she gave me the metaphor of um, cleaning my house. So Tuesdays in my house are trash day. So I have to take, I have to go room to room and collect all that trash and bag it up (laughs) and bring it to my big, big garage, my big garbage cans and, and put it on the curb. And that's the message that she gave me uh, regarding my character defects, you know, that I have to be willing to collect the trash of my character defects and put them on the curb so that God, who's the garbage man, can come and pick up the trash. And the way she told me to work on that was to practice the opposite of those defects of character or or as someone earlier said, you know, my coping mechan- coping mechanisms. So for me, um, you know, being self-centered, what do I need to practice? I need to practice service. And so for me, there are things that I can do to, um, to sort of work on lessening my character defects, and that is by practicing the opposite and being willing to collect the trash and put it on the curb and knowing that God, the trash man, will will come and pick it up. Thank you for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, CCE from New Mexico. Next we have Sigrid F. followed by Christina J. and then Claire E. Go ahead, Sigrid. Morning, everybody. Sigrid F. in South Florida. So for me, the first time I did the steps, um, I I feel like step six, just like this paragraph, was short and sweet and not deep enough. It was almost like the work I did in step four sort of got brushed over or was or was too high level. Like, well, yes, I'm selfish and I'm. I'm dishonest and I'm fearful, but it didn't get into the, well, what are the actual defects behind those things? So I, you know, my first two years, I I think it was enough and I, and I managed along the trudging the road, but somewhere around year two, I knew something was wrong and I went back and I did the steps again with someone else. And step six was one of the ones that I realized I really needed to do more deeply and understand what my character defects really were. And of course, well, and at the time, I, I think someone told me, Google, um, Google it, you know, defects of character. And I went through this enormous list and really it was very repetitive is what I found. So they narrowed it down to the one adjective and not a bunch of adjectives to describe, you know, basically the same defective character. But at that point it was kind of eye-opening, like, oh, oh, okay. This is what I need to work against. And as time has gone on, 
you know, more, more has become revealed. I'm almost 10 years into this program and just this week realized that I'm a validation seeker. Never, never realized that before, but took action yesterday to do something differently in a situation that ordinarily would have resulted in significant discontent, irritability, even anger. But instead of tripping over the same stupid rock again, which is what I do because I'm hard-headed and I'm stubborn, I surrendered to the program. I did what was recommended to me by two different people, God with skin, the day before. And, you know, by some miracle, it did, I didn't get angry. I let it go. I, I prayed for this person. So this program can work miracles. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you for letting me share today. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Secret F. Uh, next, we have Christina J. followed by Claire E. Go ahead, Christina. Morning, everyone. Christina J., North Carolina. I just finished this step, six, seven, eight, and about to do some nine. And, um, you know, I realized when I did my fourth this time, what came to me was I've, I've been such a child, such a child all my life. That little precious girl that learned how to run her life a certain way when she was little to get what she needed in very tumultuous situations. Um, just uh, had a lifetime of it, really. All those things followed me around until about 60, you know. And um, just a, she just had a say in everything, you know. And um, I had to, uh, this step showed me, especially this time. You know, it's, it's all in my head stuff this time. Um, controlling, self-righteousness, sense of failure, jealousy, my expectations, fears about success, my neighbors, the music. I mean, um, just so much confusion, fatigue. I mean, I just, all in my head, this shit running around like monsters, you know, fear of everything, including death. And um, do I want to hold on to those things? No. But this step makes me aware of them. Do I have to fight them? No. What I learned in my last first step was I don't have to fight anything. I have to learn what surrender means to me. I got a uh, monster. This is, this is my own thing on the right side of my head. And I got God on the left. And this monster pounds on the right side of my head sometimes. Come on, have a bite, have this, have that. If I take that bite, if I engage that thought of jealousy, of gossip, of of self-pity, I step back into the ring, baby, and it's on. It's on. So I realized this time that I could softly surrender. I don't have to put on battling gloves and fight these things off. The willingness for me as so many people have said on this line, is a, is a surrender. A surrender to this power that I know, that I've actually had uh, contact with through other, um, I've had these experiences through uh, doing other uh, step work. So I know what my higher power is. He's always waiting. He's soft. He's loving. But you know what? In all this stuff, this little girl, you know, she just thought she was 
doing it a certain way and was going to get what she wanted. And man, when you're 60 years old and you realize this stuff, it's like, oh, you hate it. You want to get rid of it. And it says, I'm willing to, you know, let go of all these things. Hell yeah. I just became aware of them. Can I control them? Can I keep them coming back? No, but God gives me opportunities. When the little things knock on my door through people, places, and things, he says, here it is again, baby. Don't put on your boxing gloves. Surrender. Make a call. Pray. You know, do a tenth step. Maybe do a fourth. And that's how I become willing. I I ask God every day, please. You know, I forget. I'm going to finish up. I forget. And these things come and hit me in the head, punch me in the gut. And now I'm aware and I can surrender. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Next we have Claire E. Thanks, everybody, and thank you for your service. Uh, my name's Claire E. I am a covered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. Um, yeah, this paragraph's got a lot of, <laughs> as has been shared, you know, there's this one paragraph of step six, which, you know, on my digger deep through the steps is such a, a pivot for me in terms of moving from looking at my behaviour in the illness to starting to look at my behaviour as a recovered person. Um, and, you know, I love the paragraph before, the sort of, sort of nickname step five and a half, where we sit and sort of reflect back on our step five. And, you know, it starts with that, you know, we've got some questions to answer. How are we satisfied our work's in place? You know, and, and also what did my step five look like? You know, what's, what does that fourth column look like? You know, do I find it objectionable? Do you know, do I find it objectionable that I've squandered the hours sitting in resentment, that I've made decisions based on fear throughout my life, that my defects have been ruling me, you know, that I've lived my life on self-reliance and it's gone really wrong for me, you know, and, and that was a really sort of pivotal sort of contemplation, I guess, between step five and step six for me is that, yeah, I do find that really objectionable. I don't want to live my life like that. Um, and I, you know, am I ready? Um, <laughs> and then my experience recently of step six was a really interesting bit of work. And it was it was looking at the top sort of five or six defects that came up repeatedly, you know, the exact nature of my wrongs, you know, where was the nature? And for me, it was things like reactivity, dishonesty, self-righteousness, and really looking at how those defects manifested in every part of my life. And then, you know, conversely, what would it look like? to be recovered around that stuff you know what would it look like to um you know to, to be different and and writing and coming up with some ideals you know something to aim for um and you know being the sort of person i am i'm like brilliant excellent i'm going to be perfect now well we'll just do this but of course you know i'm i'm not able to do that you know it says repeatedly in the book self can't get rid of self you know we've had these morals i can't live up to them however much i want to so now it's that real admission again of powerlessness of surrender you know step six becomes the new step one with my defects you know I am powerless over these things and I need power greater than myself now I need willingness and I need as people have said I need the willingness to take the actions to move towards these ideals and the acceptance that I'll probably never get there um and, and you know this uh, the, the 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 um the idea that you know I just keep plugging away um, and and like's been said step six for me has certainly not been a one and done job I revisit it daily in fact it you know what I really love and I'm coming to believe in a lot more is this is an inventory process you know this step four to nine four to nine four to nine you know step six is the part now where I look at what's going wrong for me in my daily inventory and I go okay God has helped me to be willing to be different, to move towards a recovered ideal around this. Um, and if I'm clinging to it, as it's been said, usually what happens for me is it gets so painful <laughs> that, that eventually I become willing. 
Um, and, you know, that's been my experience, sadly, with most of the things in my recovery is it has to get painful enough that the payoff from not doing it becomes greater than the payoff from doing it. Um, and I will pass with that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Claire E. All right, we have time for um, probably one share. Who would like to share? Jim, Jim S. in Toledo. Jim S., go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Um, my name is Jim S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And the line that came jumping out to me is, if we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. And what I struggle with is when I have an opinion that I believe in and I am with somebody else and they do something contrary to what I believe, then I separate myself. Um, And that's one of the most difficult things for me to do. I'm just now willing to abstain today April 19th, 2023. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Jim S. We actually do have a time for a two-minute share. Who would like that? I'm sure somebody wants to share for two minutes. Anne-Marie Kay? Anne-Marie Kay, go for it. Okay, hi, I'm Marie Kay, recovered but not cured in Pennsylvania. And let me, t- I just want to thank everyone today who has shared in my recovery because I wanted to share earlier and I couldn't. I kept doing the wrong thing. And it was because I needed to hear everything that was said about this today. So thanks to everyone. And God was taught to me because I heard the word procrastinate and I realized that I had not forced on that particular problem that I have. And it was why I was having problems with a step six willing to be willingness about two weeks ago. I realized I was not wanting to do something and I wasn't sure I could do a step six on it. I had done the step five with my sponsor and I was downright told her, I don't know if I want to do a step six on this. And it's been ruminating and I've let go of it. But today there's no doubt in the pact that I had to remember, and it's not just been today, it's been an ongoing process since then, that I had to look at my surrender attitude. And that's what this, to me, really told me today. And my higher power, you know, talking. You need to take that cotton out of young lady and listen to what is being said about this ongoing process that doesn't get over with. How many times are you going to have to beat yourself over the head before you get through with the idea that your ego is that you want to let go of this ego, but you're not willing all the time to do contrary action. So I am so blessed this morning that I jumped out of bed to hear this with the intention of, oh, I was ready to talk on this, but I needed to listen. And so I have a willingness today to surrender that attitude of mine that reminds me that my ego is just never ending. And the only answer to that is my higher power and a willingness to open up my heart to him and love instead of fear. Thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a great day unless you've made other plans. I'm past. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie Kay. 
Okay, I want to remind everybody today's share ID for Wednesday, April 19th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Meeting is 20,177. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Vanessa G., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. My name is Vanessa G., and I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in New Mexico. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.